All right, guys, we are going to say goodbye to Coach K one last time. We recap WrestleMania. We talk about the Wild and the Wolves and their playoff chances. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? I'm excited. Let's do this. I'm good, man. Sports are fun again. Sports are mostly fun in Minnesota until they're not. Um, right. Great episode for us. And we had a great screencast uh, earlier this week. So go back and check all that out. We talked about all of your favorite shows. We broke down Moon Knight. We did our Oceans rewatch. All kinds of good stuff. So go check that out. Um, but... Before we dive into this episode, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Heck yeah. Bargains. All right, guys. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Under Sea World Belgian-style golden ale from our friends over at Junkyard. Oh, yeah. I've had that one. I like that one. I like Belgian beers, so I'm a sucker for a Belgian. I'm I'm just back with that same you know mixed twelve pack from Deschutes. It's one of the variations of fresh squeezed, fresh haze. It's actually pretty good. It's better than the last one. So, you know, nothing special, but I'm enjoying it. I'm drinking the beer Eric had on the last one, the, the teal label, modest. And what do you think? It's great. It's fantastic. Like yes. he says, um, they they dialed it back with the bitter beer face stuff, and it's super drinkable, super refreshing. Really solid beer. Okay. Totally agree. All right, guys, let's dive into this. We'll start with our starting lineup. And this week we are going to start with. Oh, Don't we need I'm to be sorry. warmed up a little bit? Don't we need to, like, you know, stretch out and get our You're muscles? Right. Want... You're right. I don't want to pull a muscle. Let's get warmed up. Yeah, let's get a little warmed up. So I have a, a warm up question for you guys. I want you guys to think back on your, your, you know, the years of watching sports and come up with. Your favorite announcer's catchphrase, right? I have mine in mind right now. The one that kind of gives me chills as I'm watching, captures the moments. Um, if you want me to go first, I'll share mine, and then I want to hear you guys's. What do you think? Why don't you go first? And it has to be like a, a one that's kind of repeated, right? Yes. And not not just like a Jim Nance zinger this year in the Final Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, this right? is like their catchphrase, right? So like for me, it's Mike Breen's bang. Okay, so like late in the game, basketball, um, huge three-pointer, and it sounds like this. Ready? Bang! From way downtown. Bang! Bang! He's got the little warble, like the SNL intro guy. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's mine. Okay. Mine is definitely anything said by Kevin Harlan, who I think is going to get a bigger role in the NFL this year, if I'm not mistaken. But I would say my favorite things he said were, I just saw man fly which is my favorite mm. of his. And I also mm. really appreciated uh, when he said half man, half amazing. And then we just gave that nickname to Vince Carter. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a very good one for sure. Kevin Harlan, super underrated and we need more of him. And he's in the Timberwolves um, games. Wasn't he the Timberwolves play by play guy? Am I making that up? I think, no, I think he was for a while, but that was like, that was like J.R. Ryder days. That was like a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm going to look it up. But You look it up yeah. while Ryan's singing his. Um, it's funny that I also choose basketball mm. and I'm going to go a little bit older and I'm not going Dickie V, but I like Bill Raftery 
for the NCAA tournament when he says things like to the big fella, you know, like mm-hmm. where he's like, uh, a, he, he coined the phrase like a nickel dimer for like a, like kind of like a soft foul, like a ticky tack foul. Um, I love, I love Bill Raftery's, you know, rafterisms. I think they're great. It It's nostalgic for me. I've been watching and listening to him for a long time. So I like, I, I thought like you were going to go with what you kind of grew up with, like the Yogi Berra stuff. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> you know, when, when Babe Ruth was playing, I didn't, you know, we did, we couldn't afford a radio. So I didn't yeah. get a, a lot of chance to listen to him. Uh, and actually like, I was trying to think of like Minnesota announcers and I really don't like the, and he's loose. Like, I feel yeah. like that's just ridiculous. Um, the PA announcing there, doesn't he? Doesn't he just? Doesn't he just like try to convert people to Christianity and like talk about the Bible? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> faith and goal, faith and goal podcast. Tune yeah. in. Uh, um, <laughs> so Kevin Harlan did announce ten seasons with the Wolves from 1989 to go. 1998. So a long time. I knew he was a Wolves guy. So and, he cut his teeth with the Timberwolves broadcast. Crazy. Yeah, now he's like one of the best in the world and has been for some time. And uh, he did another great one he did was um, Celtics versus um, Cleveland. And LeBron drove and dunked um, on Garnett. And he said, oh, LeBron James with no regard for human life. Human life. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. God, that, that was, was when perfect. Is that when LeBron dropped uh, 46 at the Garden in like game six to put the Cavs in the finals for the first time? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was in May of 2008, so maybe that was it. That sounds about the right time. What a call. Um, No regard for human life. That's an an all-timer. God, is that good. Uh, Well, good. I hope you guys are warmed up. I had fun with it. And uh, take it away, Eric. And then, well, let's let's also not forget, and this this wasn't an announcer with a catchphrase, but it was the boom goes the dynamite guy from like. It was (laughs) only a catchphrase. Yeah. That was that was his only catchphrase. That's what happens when you try too hard and you don't let the moments come to you. Yeah. Well, and when you're very nonchalant, when you say something like boom goes right. the dynamite, it's like, and uh, Reggie Miller with the 360 windmill dunk, boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> like he just kind of like, he just like kind of like half-assed it. So. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to go to the world of college basketball and we're going to start with our farewell to Coach K. Mm. Who's Good upset about this? K. We will all miss Coach K. Just kidding. I can't fucking stand this guy. If there is an example of a celebrity coach, it is Coach K. He is the worst example of this. He is the biggest egomaniac of all time. And everyone acting like he's some guy who cares about the kids is just insane to me. No one likes him. His, His mentor is Bobby Knight. And Bobby Knight then wrote a book talking shit about him. Bobby like, Knight hated everybody, and everybody hated nobody. Bobby Knight. Though. I was going to say, is there anybody that Bobby Knight likes? I don't think I, so. I don't think anybody likes this guy. I think yeah. everybody hates him. He is just such a douchebag. You think, the, you think the kids view him as like a means to an end? Probably. Right? They, they, like the stepping stone that you got to deal with him well, for. If you remember, he was the guy who was anti one and done. Remember that? He was like, no one and done. We are a university. We are here to educate kids. Then he didn't win a title for like five years. And then he was like, just kidding. One and done. Come on in, AAU coaches and Adidas and every sketchy person with basketball. We'll be in commercials. We'll bring one and done kids in. We'll pay kids to come here. And I did listen to a podcast this week that had 
um, the uh, a guy who grew up in the area, grew up in Chapel Hill, big North Carolina fan. And he is an Asian American. And he was saying that uh, when you are growing up in that area, um, you can't really vote for Duke unless you're like a rich white kid. And everybody cheers for North Carolina in the state for the most part. It's like a privileged white little tiny private school. I don't think they're cool at all, to be honest with you. No. I, I really don't. I was super pumped that North Carolina took him down. His last game, where he shouted at the crowd, if you guys remember, they were, like, all cheering, and he was trying to talk, and he was like, shut up, everyone, I'm crabby old Coach K. I don't even know what oh. he said. It was, it was something like that. Um, I'm sick of seeing him and his weird wife get golf carted around everywhere. I just This was the storybook <laughs> ending that sports deserve. I think – Eric, you need to check yourself just a little bit, like just a little bit as I'll bring in the wrestling um, corollary in that every sport needs a villain. Oh, and I think, and I think coach K self-actualized into the villain of college basketball, but was still able to win national championships despite it all. And I think he made uh, the ACC better. I think he made North Carolina better. Um, I think, you know, just by, you know, being villainous in and of himself was able to, um, force other schools to do the same thing where like North Carolina, you know, was sanctioned for like having players, uh, sign up for classes that didn't actually exist, you know, in the curriculum and all that stuff. So, um, they were, they were playing by this, the, a different set of rules to try and keep the pace with Duke and an egomaniac coach. So, um, I feel like the sport will suffer from, uh, you know, a lack of like that type of heel, mm. you know, kind of in your face and, and, and the front and center, but at the same time, good fucking riddance. Like yeah. I, I like get him out. I, I'm like, stop pretending your hair is black. You're 72. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just stop. Like that's so annoying. Like, dude, you, di- how, how often do you think he has to dye his hair? Like every, oh, I think days? every morning. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. He says like, his affirmations stop. in the mirror and dyes his hair, yeah. Like, we're we're an honest university. Like, dude, you can't even talk about honesty when your hair is as, you know, black as pavement. Like, get you know, get out of here. So, anyway, um, I think, Eric, I think it's it's important to have, you know, villains in a sport in order to for everyone else to, like, try and rise above that and, and beat them at their own game. I think so. what everyone's going to realize is, is that he's been washed for a while. And that John Shire is going to come in and like win the title next year. And I'm Ooh. here for it. I'm here for it. Just because he's just because he's not an absolute fucking d bag. He's a third four year old. Give him three four, four years of success at Duke, and he will become John Shire. Will <laughs> live long <laughs> enough to see yourself become the villain. This is this. Yeah, he will. You're absolutely right. He's like a pinhead former Duke player, but he. I was going to say if he's if he's from the Shashevsky cloth, it might not be that far of a reach. But you know I mean, saying, that he, I, I'm hoping he wins the title next year. That would make me laugh so hard. To be honest with you, I just hate Coach K. I've never liked him. I can't believe that we're trying to protect. Like he's the most unlikable person that's ever coached sports. So it was fun. He's not that. He's not super unlikable. I, I mean, I agree. He's an egomaniac. But I think if you were in that scenario, you would be too. Everyone hates um, him for taking over U.S. basketball. So there was like an unwritten rule. That you were, oh, but like he won three gold medals. Yeah, no, but the the unwritten rule was that you were you're not supposed to coach more than one time, and so every coach ever who got asked to do it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Which is which makes sense because we're a shoe in to win gold every year. It's not because of him every year. Yeah, and so 
the, the idea is it's like an honor and you're kind of supposed to do it one time and then yeah. pass it on to someone else. And he did it for like 12 years. And that's what made Bobby Knight hate him. <laughs> that's so funny. What is so basketball funny. college coaching is so stupid. God, what are, these guys are all idiots. Yeah. Really <laughs> I hate I hate all of them. <laughs> all right. So speaking of men's basketball, we do get North Carolina versus Kansas, uh, which also adds more salt to the wound because not only did he get knocked out by his bitter rivals, North Carolina, there was only a 0.3% chance of them meeting in that game going into the tournament, which is crazy. And then on top of that, it's Roy Williams, who's been his, you know, arch rival for a long time. It's the two Roy Williams schools uh, playing, Kansas and North Carolina. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I like that. I think all of that's hilarious. And it's the first time Duke and North Carolina have ever met in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, which is just wild. They played 270 times or something, and they'd never played. So lots of fun. And then... Uh... And, and let's just say the referees were doing everything that they could to make sure that like Duke had two fouls called them, on them within the first 16 minutes or something of the second half, which is, I mean, come on, nothing. which is nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. They were doing everything that they could to make sure like Duke had the best chance to make it to the finals. So finally uh, in women's college basketball, we talked about Paige Becker's returning home she never got a chance to win the title in her senior year because of covid she had a chance to come win the national championship made it all the way to the finals and then lost pretty badly to south carolina who has turned into kind of the premier program in women's college basketball i also think Paige is super hurt yeah like if you saw her in the first semifinal game there was a I, I forget what it was, Eric. Maybe you remember like the timing of it, but she went down and like looked, didn't look hurt, looked injured. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, like, like looked like there was something that's been hampering her for a while and was aggravated to the point where she might not come back in the game. Yeah, in a semifinal, and I think she's playing through injury and just isn't her. She's looks like she's at sixty percent of her normal self. So that one's over. Women's College Basketball Champion, South Carolina. Could be a Carolina's uh, championship weekend here if North Carolina gets the job done. But I do think Kansas is probably the pretty heavy favorites in that one. Um, Also in basketball, Ben Simmons, who's nothing but a problem at this point um, and nothing but controversy and drama, is now trying to get $20 million back from the 76ers because he didn't want to play this year. Yeah. Yeah, he filed a grievance to try to get that back that he, you know, he knew what he was doing. He was holding out for a trade and sitting and he knew he was sacrificing X hundreds of thousands of dollars every week and kept doing that. Um, but he wants it back and he's going to say hostile work environment and abuse nah, and these other not. things. And maybe it works. Maybe they have to split the difference. I don't know how I these things work. But I, I think it's think on that, him, man. But I think they did him a little bit dirty, but that doesn't mean yeah. that. He, they like, did him dirty, but he reacted in a shit way, too. Like I am, at, I think that like when I when people are really hard on Kirk Cousins, right? And we are, and everybody in Minnesota and everyone in the NFL is, uh, yeah. the, the biggest writers just hate Kirk Cousins more than anyone. They like make him the butt of every joke. But when I think about it, like I don't find myself feeling bad for Kirk Cousins because I think, yeah, I guess part of your forty million dollars salary is being able to take shit, and that's kind of part of the deal. Exactly. Well, well Exactly. If you want to make $600,000 a year playing a sport and you're taking hell from the fans and media, 
I, I feel for that guy because that's mm-hmm. that's not probably worth it. That's punching down, 40, right? Yeah. You make $40 million and you want to sit out a bunch of games and people are mad at you because you're not earning your money, then I guess that's just kind of the cost of being paid that much. In the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, probably the, I mean, everyone talks about like the New York media. I think the fans of Philadelphia are probably the most ruthless in the country in terms of turning on you, you know, instantly at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these people celebrate winning games by eating horse poop. I mean, they did do that. <laughs> Never forget. And throwing forget. throwing batteries. Yeah. Throwing Garrett, batteries that was like four at, years ago. Ugh, hate them. Um, speaking of the NFL, Adrian Peterson wants to retire a Viking. Frank Gore is going to retire as a 49er. Um, I, I feel kind of burned by Adrian Peterson, to be honest with you. Why wouldn't you? Um, I, I was like a guy who said, man, Adrian Peterson paid his crime for the things that he did. Uh, he lost countless millions of dollars. He was punished very publicly, uh, to probably the most extreme level the NFL has punished someone. And I kind of felt like he had paid his due to society and like, hopefully he was a better person at this point, but in reality, he was just a shitty person. And I and then just he had the plane thing and the, yeah. and didn't want to wear a mask and like was, got kicked off planes and, and he did something with his wife or his girlfriend. He had some kind of abuse thing. So I don't know. At this point, I, I just feel pretty burned by him. Uh, he's a great Viking. He's one of the great Vikings ever, but I just don't really think now is a time to be celebrating a guy like that. So um yeah i don't know i i don't think they're gonna do it i think he's probably burned too many bridges i think uh it's Ring the of nfl they 100 percent will have a huge ceremony for him and not bring up any of his transgressions and you know it's going to be ceremony for him, for him in like i i think it will always be inappropriate but i think right now it feels even more inappropriate you want to try to brush him under the rug, let him go 10 years with not getting in trouble and doing some good things and then you can yeah. bring him back but at this and point, honestly, I, if he did, if he went ten years without making news for negative things and only positive things, then just do the ceremony, whatever. Yeah. You know, you can feel okay about it at some point. But yeah, you're right. Now would be a bad time. All right, That's what I was going to say. Is like I think in in X amount of time, many years down the road, maybe some sort of like Ring of Honor or you know what have you for the Vikings, and even that might be a stretch. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I think there needs to be a significant amount of time in between anything. Okay, guys. Um, so next up, as your number one um, source of news for professional wrestling, it's WrestleMania weekend here. And the Nordies podcast does a yearly wrestling event with our charity Royal Rumble. Uh, but we will Did very well you- raising money. Thanks to everybody who participated. That was wonderful. But we will give you a little bit of uh, wrestling talk here. It's going to be mostly celebrity-driven. Celebrity Stone Cold Steve Austin returned and headlined the first night of WrestleMania. Um, it was the only night I, only match I watched from night one. And I thought, man, 57-year-old, broken neck Stone Cold Steve Austin is not going to be good. This is going to be hard to watch. But it brought me right back to my childhood. And if there's one thing wrestling is really good at, it is nostalgia. And they brought back 57-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin. He beat up a guy, a new guy. It was really entertaining. They fought for like 15 minutes. It was really fun. And the only reason they fought was because the other guy was talking crap about Texas, where Stone Cold Steve Austin is from. And then I, I kid you not, guys, Stone Cold Steve Austin beat him and then proceeded to drink 200 beers. <laughs> 200. 
I I was with my <laughs> brother. Was he was he going for was he going for Andre the Giant's record? It was, was that the that. was that the plan? I was with my brother and we started to have a conversation about if something bad was going to happen. He was like, "What if he throws <laughs> up? What if he throws up in the ring? Like, what if he blacks out? Like, it was that level of drinking that we were concerned." Um, also, Logan Paul uh, was on, and he's a natural. Uh, if anyone saw any clips of him, he's yeah. so insanely athletic that he looks like all of the other wrestlers, and he's quite impressive. And then Johnny Knoxville fought some guy, and it, from what I saw of it, was really fun and really wild, and he was using all old jackass tricks, and I don't know. Somehow they made it into something entertaining. So that's your wrestling recap. Where does uh, like a match is going on, or guys are talking in the ring and and whatever? And where does like in your WrestleMania like iconography, the Stone Cold like glass shattering, and then him coming out? Where does that rank in your like pantheon of like, oh my god? It's the best, and I don't know why every sports team doesn't just come out to that. In a, <laughs> it's the third period, and you're tied up, and it's a big game. It's you're you know, it's the last TV timeout of an NFL game. Like I don't know why are teams coming out to it. It's just too electric. The glass breaking, and then whatever music, it's it's super electric. So especially when it was like The Rock talking to you know, edge or, you know, whomever in the ring. And all of a sudden you hear the, yeah, you knew shit was about to go haywire. And every person wanted to beat up their boss. Yeah. (laughs) And I love, I love the, uh, when they uh, first, I I think YouTube has banned it now, but they used to do like, uh, the, uh, silent lip reading or whatever, a bad lip reading. Oh yeah. Like stone cold when he was walking into the ring and it was like, I got a hair of shoes that I need to put on, you know, like if he's like, you know, like cussing out the other guys, like I thought that was great. Okay. So I will say um, that this is my Venn diagram. Okay. I just want you guys, I want everyone to think about this. Okay. Did this person, um, I'm going to piece it all together for you. Okay. You'll, you'll know of this person. They, it's a four circle Venn diagram. Okay. Holy shit. I'm following. Okay. First up, a uh, huge Stone Cold fan probably had a Stone Cold shirt. Okay. Okay. They also loved South Park. Okay. Yeah. They probably yeah. had South Park stuff, and they probably had like a cutout of like South Park Stone Cold Steve Austin on their like binder at school. Okay. Okay. They also loved Slipknot. <laughs> all right. Okay? They liked all of these, and then let me stop you right. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. This person had very long hair. Yeah, they had longer hair, going. kind of greasy longer hair. Yep. And they yep. also had very low or very little supervision at home. <laughs> I was going to say, a lot of Mountain Dew. A lot of Mountain Dew straight up the can. I mean, if you were like, yeah, like, that was me, I tell us. Yeah, otherwise, we all can picture, like, six kids that you went to middle school or high Vans, school. Vans shoes. Yeah, Vans shoes. Sure. Here's very the little supervision. When they had all their important papers to go like homework to show their parents, all that stuff, no binders, stuffed straight into the backpack, all loose. Well, they had the binder with the Stone Cold South Park character on it, but they didn't put it in there. They didn't put that shit in there, dude. (laughs) All right. So we'll move on. We'll get back to things, but we got to go to the Minnesota Wild. They're the most red hot team in 
uh, Minnesota and maybe in the NHL right now, they're 9-0-1 in their last 10 games. That means out of a possible 20 points, they've gotten 19 points. That's Which at this time of the year amazing. is a big fucking deal. So here's here's the thing. Like, all they do is win, and I'm so enjoying the ride. Like, I'm watching games. I'm checking scores. It's no surprise they won again. It's amazing. But, like, why when I look at all the standings are they, like, mid? Like, so, how good are these other teams? What the they're fuck? Second, they're second in the Western Conference. Now they and, are. Okay. And they've absolutely pummeled the Metropolitan Conference. They're undefeated against them. And that's Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Washington, the Islanders. They've just pummeled that entire division. And there's multiple teams in that division with a better record than the Wild. So I do think the Eastern Conference um, has the haves and the have-nots. And there's some teams that are killing bad teams every night and have a ton of points who are probably pretty similar to the Wild. Um, The one team that they cannot catch is Colorado, who is just a complete and total juggernaut and is in our division we did beat them a couple nights ago but they outshot us like 38 to 18 in the game or something like that so well we yeah we beat them in overtime and and we did jump ahead of we've now jumped ahead of calgary who is the second best team in the west um so i mean in the western conference they are the cream of the crop behind only colorado um but yeah they can't catch colorado they're 13 points well and and one of the other things, Jimbo, is like when you see like the playoff seedings, this is not a fault of the wild. This is a, an NHL problem Yeah, where they're eliminating like the way that they do it is they're going to be eliminating two. like Eric, go through the permutations. Like if the wild win the teams that they're going to have to beat just to get to the Stanley if Cup, they go to the Stanley Cup. They will be very deserving because they are going to have to play. So you have to play in your division um, if you're a top three seed, no matter what. And so we have to play St. Louis in the first round right now, and it will probably stay that way. St. Louis is currently the the um, fourth highest point team in the Western Conference. So it will be the number two Wild versus the number four um, Blues. If we win that, we will most likely play the number one team, Colorado. So we'll be in the second round. Number but one. hold on. just And just, just for context, there are eight teams eight. in each conference. So in the West and the East, there are eight teams. The the wild, which would be, let's just use it this way, are going to be the number two seed based on points, would essentially be playing the number four seed. Yeah. So they'll be the number two. So instead of playing the seven seed, yeah. we're playing the four seed because of this stupid like intra-division thing that the that the NHL has. So if everything was chalk, uh, other than the wild upsetting Colorado in the second round, so they'd have to play the number four seed St. Louis as the two. They'd have to play the number one seed Colorado in the second round. It would be number one versus number two in the second round. And then if everything was chalk on the Pacific division, then we'd if we beat Colorado, we would play the number three Calgary. So we would have to beat number one, three, and four as the two seed to get to the Stanley Cup. And then in the order in the order of four, one, three. <laughs> yeah. Then we which is ridiculous. Then we would have to go play the champs of the East. So it is crazy. It's gonna be an uphill battle. Um, but the Wilds are playing the best they have all season, and that is exciting, and we should be excited about them. And the big reason for that is um, Bill Guerin has done a fantastic job. They weren't tough enough, I feel like, going into the, the deadline. They obviously felt that way, and they brought in multiple guys um, to fill that role, uh, a couple fourth-line guys and another defenseman. They brought in Marc-Andre Fleury, who has been lights out 
He's three and zero with a ninety six percent save percentage, and um, Kaprizov is the best offensive player in the league right now. The Did most he break goals. the the points record yep. or most goals? Which one? Which yeah, one did he break? Points record, most points in the history of the um, regular season. regular season for the Wild. He has like sixteen games to go. He's gonna hopefully get to a hundred. He's like two goals off of the all time goals record for the Wild. He's by far the best Wild player we've ever had. I mean, he- and that was like after he started like the first ten games without a goal or whatever. I mean, he was still getting points with assists, but. I don't think he scored until like the 11th game of the season. Yeah, he's he's just an absolute phenom for the Wild. I mean, at this point, he's like a fringe. He's probably a top 10 player in the world right now, like closer to 10. But he's probably a top 10 player of all positions combined in the world. And I would get I, I would guarantee you every single NHL team in the league would love to have his services. Oh, for sure. At yeah. this point. No, he's he's capable of being the number one guy on a great team as he's showing us. And he is uh you know pouring in the points at this point. So we should be excited about Kaprizov. He's been everything we could have hoped for and the wild are absolutely on fire and it's gonna be fun watching them go into the playoffs. I think the NHL playoffs are so good. Like there is no sport that gets better uh that has a better increase in like watchability than the NHL going from the regular season to the playoffs because the game is just so physical and so tough and they're playing so freaking hard. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really, really feeling it. And they they eliminate a lot of the riffraff from the regular season, Yeah, which is an improvement. I wish they would just play like that all the time, but say lovey. Agreed. All right. I, I just, I just, I just still can't wrap my head around the fact that we would have to play the number four team in the conference, the number one team, and then the number three team just to make it to the fucking Stanley Cup. Like, what a dumb. Like, how, how, like, what about, like, how, how much of a like we're eating our own face is the NHL doing with this? Mm-hmm. Like, get rid of all of the stupid fucking teams, and then they have your like number one team play the four team, and two play the three, and then the one play the two. Like, that's how you need to set this up. Like, have you not watched any other sports, Gary? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. So I do want to find this um, one thing that I thought was just crazy. So if you guys – I don't know if you guys saw this over the weekend, but um, the reason that the NHL is stupid is because they still have, like, just unnecessary levels of violence um, that happen. And so there was a game that happened over the weekend between the Anaheim Ducks and the lowly – Phoenix Coyotes. And in this game, uh, the Anaheim Ducks were winning five to nothing late in the game. Okay. Five nothing. There's like five minutes left. And uh, the Ducks aren't great this year, but they have a couple like really young superstars. And so okay. they're the best players. This guy named Troy Terry, he's a 22 year old. He has over 30 goals. He's like one of the top goal scorers in the league, one of the young stars of the league. And they have another guy. Um, named Trevor Zegras, who's like scores all these just epic goals all the time, right? And he's 21 years old. They're like the two big time superstars on this team. So they're playing, uh, they're up five nothing, and uh, Zegras goes into the net and pokes at a loose puck. And this guy, Jay Beagle, a 36 year old enforcer with one goal on the year, cross checks him in the back really hard, like late in a meaningless game. Troy Terry, the star player, skates up to try to defend his teammate. And Jay Beagle, the enforcer guy, drops his gloves and just punches 
this superstar 22 year old in the face like 10 to 15 times unanswered the other guy didn't even drop his gloves and just buries this kid and he hurts him drops him to the ice he's the kid's down he's bleeding all over the ice and this just absolute trash announcer for for phoenix and all of their hick fans are going absolutely nuts cheering this dude on for just hurting like one of the stars of the league and the announcer is going this is what happens when you embarrass players in the league when you want to skill it up when all the young skill guys want to skill it up out here you better get expect you better expect to get punched in the mouth this is what this this announcer is saying as this 22 year old kid's bleeding all over the ice his eyes like swollen shut. He's got needs to get a ton of stitches, and he's like, who, who did not drop his gloves? Never did not go there to fight. Was just gonna probably like join the scrum and like do the thing where they like push each other, yeah. and all that stuff. The guy cheap shotted his teammate, and he came flying in, and it was just an embarrassment. That's what I thought. The whole thing was a complete embarrassment, and um, it's the reason that people don't like the NHL. To be honest with you, because yeah. it's just so bushly. <clears throat> The hockey is weird, or the the fighting is weird in hockey. Like I don't quite know how to explain it to my kids because they don't see that anywhere else. You know, we don't watch MMA or anything, right? And if we did, and they've seen that stuff in clips, and it's like, well, that's the sport. They don't really get how fighting is part of the sport of hockey, and I don't really know how to explain it to them. Like, yeah, sometimes these grown men just get pissed and they let them fight. Like, what? That's so weird, you know? Um, yeah, dude, you show me the picture of this poor kid's face. Like, he's fucked. He gets yeah. just his face punched in. And the quote from the guy, the announcer was, that's the problem with these young players. You want to embarrass guys? You want to skill it up? You better be prepared to get punched in the mouth. What? What kind of <laughs> bullshit doesn't make is any it? sense. It's crazy. This would be like Luka Doncic puts up 40 in a game, and then a big center gets to punch him in the face 10 times. DeMarcus Cousins punches him out because DeMarcus is old and sucks, but he's, yeah. he's tough. Yes, it's just – it's such fucking Bush League to me. I can't even deal with it. It's the reason that the NHL will never be more popular. There's no place in this game. Why do we have 36-year-old not-skilled guys whose main job is to fight? Like, it's just trash. And, like, so the busy. players, these young players came up well, absolutely livid after the game. And we're like, this kid didn't even drop his gloves. He's one of the stars of the league. Why in the world are we letting this guy get just pounded for no reason in a 5 nothing game? Yeah, I think to be fair – like I, I don't think most players in the NHL would condone that, right? I, I I don't, I don't. I feel like the game has changed so much that like the Brian Bugards is it Brian Bugard? Derek Derek, Derek, Derek Bugard, yeah, is like that's a that's a relic of the past. Like you know, there are still guys that are tough on the fourth line that will play a little bit, but they're not out there like with zero skill with the puck just mm-hmm. skating around looking to start shit, you know, or like that guy checked our player too hard. You go out there and hurt someone else. Like, I feel like that kind of stuff is mostly gone from the NHL, but like Eric, I think, you know, maybe this guy was like a little bit of a holdover of like the old school and that stupid fucking announcer should be fired tomorrow. Like that, that there's, there's no reason for that of like, you want to skill it up. Oh, you want to be better than our team? Well, we're going to fucking injure you. Hey, you want to be one of the guys like, that, that's just ridiculous. You want to be one of the guys who gets us a TV contract and gets me paid? You should get punched in the mouth because we want to hold these fucking grinder, douchebag, loser guys who are going to have brain damage in the future. Like, get out of here. It's just so stupid. The leagues should protect their young star players. 
and there's no place in sports for hurting people. I actually think it's like gross. And like, we always argue, we have a group chat and we all always argue because every time someone gets fucking killed in an NFL game, I get upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if it was like a, like the quarterback leads a guy into his own death. I'm always like, we shouldn't have this. And it's gross. And so when it's actual fighting, there's just no place for it. And it's the reason that hockey is not a, a national sport. It's a regional sport. And it will always be. Ooh. Boom. Good take. Well, and then, and, and we used to think of hockey as a national sport because we were totally okay with, you know, Eric Lindros getting CTE on live television, right? Where you're watching these guys just pummel each other. Scott uh-huh. Stevens for the Devils hitting, you know, people that aren't looking and like separating their vertebrae, you know, yeah. from their body. Yeah. And now that we've like, like, like Eric said, like some of this stuff becomes a little bit gross and you feel, you know, kind of sick at times. The NHL has lost its luster in that regard. For sure. Definitely. All right, guys, let's move on to the Timberwolves. They've cooled off a little bit here. They've had some tougher opponents over the last two weeks and they um, lost a little bit of the, the shine that they had going for a, a couple of weeks, but they're still pretty firmly entrenched in that seven spot. There is some hope in the final four games that if things went their way, they could possibly sneak into the six. But let's be serious. They're going to be the seven. Probably. Yeah. they got to cover two games. Uh, Two games if it's Denver. Three games if it's uh, the Jazz because we have the tiebreaker on Denver but not Jazz. So in these last four games, you know, assuming we win out, which we could. I mean, I think we play one good team. Um, I think we play, what, the, the Suns once. And then like three scrubs. I don't know. It's possible, but let's just assume that we got the seven. Like that's probably what's going to happen. We've been at the seven for like a month, a minute, a minute. Yeah. We were at the six for like a hot minute, <laughs> for like a day. We had we had a cup of coffee at the six seed. <laughs> yeah, that was we where were we out peaked. pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's say it's the seven and we get the play in. I think that's that's okay. Although some of these teams are have improved greatly that will like are really on the rise that are going to be in this tournament. So I don't know. I'm a little worried. Who would we play right now? Like Eric, do you have it up in front of you? Yeah. Memphis. We're locked in. I mean, the only thing we can do at this point is probably catch Utah. who's pretty cold. They're four and six in their last 10, but it's not like we've been great. We're six and four in our last 10. And um, we're pretty locked into playing Memphis at this point. Memphis is for sure locked in the number two. Yeah, right, but we got to get through the play-in tournament, right? So, so we'd play the Clippers in the first round, no matter what, and then, mm-hmm. and um, that would be for the seven seed. For the seven, we'd be at home against the Clippers. But the problem is, is the That's Clippers tough. have got they they've gotten some guys back. It doesn't look like Kawhi yeah. will be back until the playoffs. That doesn't mean the play-in game is what they're saying. Right? There's some there's some people who are saying if they make the playoffs, Kawhi is going to come, and if. I don't know why he wouldn't come play in the playing game because I think the better route for them would probably be trying to beat the Wolves and then going to play Memphis instead of going to play Phoenix. Um, but if Paul George is back, that's a different team than they've been for months. He's been out for months mm-hmm. and he scored 42 in his first game back. Um, the the good news is the Lakers have thrown in the towel. It basically seems played. like it. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're, so we got our, our... they've lost six oh, in a row and LeBron sat out with a sore knee today. And when LeBron sits out late in the year, that's him. If you don't think that everything LeBron doesn't do is calculated, he knows they don't have it, and he doesn't even want to waste the 37-year-old energy he has. So he knows yeah. this team stinks. 
You'd rather um, probably yeah. miss the play-in tournament than just he like get beat in the play-in tournament or get swept by the Suns or whatever might happen. Like he's in it for titles and that ain't happening this year. So no, they're bad. So it does. So we've got, they're not in it. And that was the one team I didn't want to play with like our playoff hopes on the line. I know they stink. I know, I know the Lakers have been awful. But but like, do you really want to play AD and LeBron when we've won one playoff game in 15 years? When it's winter, like, yeah, win and go home. (laughs) Win and go home and you play against All we do is go home. We just are home. Yeah, you play against the most experienced playoff player in the history of the NBA to win or go home. I don't want that. So with him looking when when we don't have a single player that can defend him. Yeah, I do feel a little better if it's San Antonio or New Orleans trying to get in uh, instead that we'd at least get the eight seed. Um, but it would be really wonderful if we could like win out here and get ourselves to the six playing golden state would be a lot more fun. I think we match. Up a little yeah. Better. So we got yeah. Washington Spurs at Chicago all at home. That's not so bad. It seems pretty doable. Um, maybe the bulls might give us, give us hell. Um, but they've also been sliding They're not recently as well. I mean, they were, they were like very good early. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now Utah still has Memphis, OKC, Phoenix, and at Portland. So, like, they're not two out of the sure woods wins. yet either. That's mm-hmm. one. Two for sure wins. Two just complete tanking teams. So, um, most likely they will end with uh, 48 wins. If we win out, we'll also end up with 48 wins and we lose the tiebreaker. So, they would have to lose to either Portland or OKC. Yeah, but you never know, dude. It's no, you never do. Portland. Especially when, especially when they've lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've lost six of their last seven games. Yeah, not in a good spot. Yeah, I hope. I it's hope possible. You it's been fun. Hey, we're playing very meaningful basketball this late in the year in April. I mean, this never happens for the Wolves. So I'm enjoying the ride. Um, I really hope we don't get swept out of the play-in tournament. Um, it could happen, but dude, I, that's maybe the only way I think the season is a failure. If we get a series, I'm happy. Even if we don't win that series. I, I don't even know if that's a failure. Like I still think they're You're building really towards, good teams. In the, yeah. Really good teams in the West. We fought and played a lot harder this season than I think anybody else thought we would. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, there were, there were times where I would imagine there were a lot of teams in the West that did not want to play the Timberwolves. Like we were, we were kind of hitting on all cylinders. You know, the 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 film wasn't you know circulating around <clears throat> yet on how to beat us. And Finchie had done a really good job of shifting from like a <laughs> all team defense to all team <laughs> offense. Um, and I think I think the season has been ultimately a success. We went from like yeah. uh, at the start of the season of like Jimbo being like hammer the over on the Wolves, and then. 10 games in, it was like, man, thank God I didn't bet the Wolves yep. over. Yep. And then now we're like, Jesus Christ, we should have bet the Wolves over. But the you over I mean? was so like think... 10 games under 500. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So no, like, no, I'm saying it's, we, I, I think it's should overall be thrilled, been a yeah. success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to win 20, on the same page 25 on more games than the experts predicted. So, yeah, man, it's been fun. I'm, I'm with, super happy with, with With, I mean, I would say like a relatively subpar bench. So I think I think this team is is taking steps in the right direction. Absolutely, and Eric, fun. what are your thoughts on not making any big deals for the Wolves at the trade deadline? Could I we mean, be better right now? Probably. I mean, it, it makes me want Marcus Smart right now. 
I did. The, I will tell you, I did. I read an ESPN article. Okay, I think Ooh. only because the Boston Celtics are surging. Well, they're they're they've fallen off now that Robert Williams got hurt. But um, so I did. Oh, yes. Yeah, I did read an article about the and they're eight and two in their last ten. They're pretty pretty good still. Um, but I read an article about uh, the best defenders in the NBA. Okay, so I'll I'll make my point and I'll give you guys your credit too. So we've been battling behind the scenes about um, Pat Bev all year long. I don't like Pat Bev. You guys would let Pat Bev marry your daughter, and <laughs> and so they. Started- I, w- I would marry. I would marry Patrick Beverly. <laughs> yeah, just for the record. So his, they- his girlfriend looks really happy. It sounds great. They had uh, an article about the best offenders in the NBA, and the first person in the article was Marcus Smart. And it's they were talking about how Marcus Smart. The reason he's so great is because he can guard any position, and he mm-hmm. can. He's the best person at switching on screens in the entire league. And so he can guard any position one through five for the most part. And he can switch on the perimeter, which is like such an important skill at this point. And um, it's how teams get the matchups they want. It's how the Mavericks beat us the other night. They kept getting bad switches onto Luka. Luka would draw Mm -hmm. a help and then they would kick it to the corner for a wide open shot. And they kept doing it to us. So Smart's really great in that position. They had him as their their main guy in the story as the best defender. Um, But I will tell you they had their number five guy was Patrick Beverly. And they said nice. in his one-on-one defense, he's completely transformed the Timberwolves defense um, in a short period of time and that he had kind of fallen off the year before and he's been fantastic this year in his defense. So would I rather have Marcus Smart than Papev? Absolutely. But do I think that we would be dramatically better? No, we probably would Well, be. Marcus Smart's best thing is that he dives for balls and, and rolls up on uh, Steph Curry's ankle. And he can do that on any team. So that was a great <laughs> defensive move. We benefited from that. So uh, keep doing, keep that stuff up. Um, but no, I do think, like, I'm happy about the Wolves this year. But they, you know, it, it's just like how low have our standards have, have oh, you know, they've had to be so many, low. Many teams would be very disappointed with our season. Um, I'm thrilled with our season. Like, we're the 13th best record in the NBA. And that's been nice. I mean, that's a big upgrade from where we've been for pretty much uh, 20 years. Um, but, like, there's still some room to climb. And I really hope that they go into this offseason thinking, all right, the window's going to open up here. Like, how do we turn this team into a contender now? Because I, I think everyone likes to think mm-hmm. about a slow build. But the Suns were like, we have a bunch of pieces. Let's go get Chris Paul. And then they were like, we're yeah. ready. And it, I agree with that. And I think – I think that there are also certain points where you have to set some foundational building blocks. And I think the wolves have done that now. And I think now this off season is the time to like, I would rather have what we have now than the Tom Thibodeau um, sort of facade, like wizard Mm -hmm. behind the curtain, you know, type of situation where you go from like zero to like a million and it's way too fast. And, you know, Nobody's none of the happy. players are ready for that. Yeah. 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 And, and all of a sudden it's like, well, no, J- Jimmy, 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 and Jimmy Butler and mm-hmm. Butler, 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 and Tibbs. You and know what I mean? Goes like Jimmy and then that. Jimmy gets hurt for, th- for a month and we slide from the, and nobody knows the what state. the fuck to do. You know, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, and it's, it's preposterous. And I think, I think I would rather be where we are now, where we have like a really solid foundation. Like we don't need to um, add a, the second overall pick at this point to this team. But I think free agency wise, this is the off season to 
really upgrade a few key positions, at least one, um, if not two key positions. The problem is you're already you know, well the over Wolves. the cap. No, but like and add some depth potentially. Yeah. So if that's if that's mm-hmm. via trade, if that's via you know what, oh, however it has to happen. All I want to do is possible. move on from D'Lo. Yeah, we could package D'Lo up. That's fine. D'Lo is the he, move. The the rest of the team I really like. yeah I think he's only got two two years left. Like that that'd be very easy to sell. The guys I really don't want to see go would obviously be Edwards, Towns, and probably McDaniel's. Would be the three guys I would want to least lose. Um, but. I'd be willing to listen to most things. I think this team is is close. And I think that they're like a few smart moves away from being a contender in the West and kind of passing up the teams like Denver and Utah as they're on their way down, maybe even getting to that, you know, um, Golden State area and kind of competing with your Utah's Memphis and Dallas's Mm -hmm. um, who are probably going to be kind of the cream of the crop over the next two, three years. Yeah, I totally agree, bro. All right, let's move on to the Twins. Man, I'm not sure if the Twins are not sure if the Twins are going to be any good, but I'm sure I'm interested. And that's if if you're in baseball where the entire sport is completely um, terrible because of their rules and their salary stuff, and the fact that teams get to have their own um, oh gosh, what's it called? Their own TV deals and TV networks in some places. And then they can spend all that money on just acquiring all of the best free agents every single year, like the Dodgers do. Um, the fact that the twins are at least being interesting and going and getting pieces, they've brought in Gary Sanchez. They've brought in uh, Gio Ursula. They obviously brought in Carlos Correa. They brought in Sonny Gray. They brought in Chris Archer. They brought in Dylan Bundy. I mean, they are, they're trying and, that's all we can ask here in Minnesota. Yeah, they're trying under the 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 pole had, you know, grocery shopping constraints, you know, of like you can get celery, but you get two stocks and they have to be less than 50 cents a piece. Well, I'm going to make you feel um, a little bit better. The A's are, I believe. They have- oh, my God. Thank God we're not A's fans. I would be apoplectic. I, I'm going to make up the year, but it's something like in 19... 19- 91, the A's had the third highest payroll in Major League Baseball in 1991. So about what? I want to say that's the year they won the World Series. No, we won it in 91. To be honest with you. We won in 91. Oh, yeah, you're right. But it's like right around there. It's some year around there. But they were like like 89-90. They had like Dave Stewart. They had Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire. Like, I mean, they had like an insane It's one of those years. They had the the third highest payroll in baseball at 33 million. And now in 2022... They have the same payroll of $33 million. <laughs> Insanity. So we can complain, but they, you know, we did sign Byron Buxton to a seven-year deal. We did bring in Carlos Correa, who is the, what, the highest paid infielder and the fourth highest paid player per season in the in the entire league. I mean, they are, they're yeah. going for it a little bit, and that's fun. So Joe Ryan. Yep, I think it's fun. Is officially the opening day starter in Boston, which is also exciting. A rookie pitcher starting um for the twins is, is cool and uh the is he still considered a rookie yeah. even though all the innings he threw last yeah, year he's okay. considered a rookie which is weird in baseball but um i mean he was like one of our best players last year so it's kind of weird that they would say that honestly um yeah. and then the other good news is byron buxton is what we thought he was mike trout he just is mike <laughs> trout at this point. he's epically talented and just absolutely mashes the ball and 
he plays like 40% of the games. And I do want to give uh, a little bit of a shout out to um, Pete Hybrid, uh, our, our friend of the, of the pod. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Pete. He's our most, he's our most critical baseball eye. Yes. Of any, any baseball comments we the have. The DMs fly in under, hot, which we always appreciate. Un, under, a, very much under a microscope. Look him up, Pete Hybrid on, on Instagram. Great guy. Great content. He said, did I just hear you say we should DH Buxton twice a week? And I was like, absolutely, man. The dude never can stay healthy. He mashes. His war is like almost four playing in like 80 games a season. He's an absolute phenom and he's got to stay healthy. And I never got a response back. So Pete, hit me up back. It's a great idea. I'm going to change your mind on it. We need to keep Buxton healthy because Buxton Correa hitting at the top of that lineup gives us a chance in the central. I would argue Buxton's bat when going is significantly more important than his glove. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I know from a I I know from a highlight perspective, his crashing into the wall catches seem great, but when it takes away 110 at bats because he made one catch mm. against the Royals at home, I think the the bigger picture is his bat is much more important. I like that take. I think it's fun. All right. So, uh, and, and I'm not super upset about the free agent pitching moves that the twins made. I, I don't hate them, but again, it feels like the same thing of like, we're going to grab some guys that are kind of on the tail end of their career in the hopes that we can milk 160 innings out of them, um, in a potential playoff run. And we know our offense is going to be pretty good. Um, I don't know. It remains to be seen. Baseball is the dumbest sport uh, with all this stuff. It's impossible to predict. It's a billion games long. It's a seven months. We're going to be playing fucking playoff games into November. Um, anyway, hopefully the twins are there. Uh, the Vikings will be uh, like week nine if the twins make the world series. So that's where baseball um, is at. Ryan, there's some actual twins news right now. They've just made a bunch breaking, breaking twins news. Okay. Um, they just signed. One, two, three, four, five people right now. They just signed Matt Harvey, John Lackey, uh, Je- uh, Madison Bumgardner, Jake Arietta, and, and R.A. Dick- Dickey. Stop it. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> just all the best pitchers of 2015. All right, guys. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Where, 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 do, where do the Twins finish in the Central? Second? Uh, second. In the wild card? Uh, I don't know. Well, there's like seven wild card spots now, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, I don't know. I don't think I. Eh, I I'll say, I'll say third Ooh, in the division. I'm gonna go second. I'm gonna go second, and I think they're gonna get a wild card spot, and they're gonna lose to the Yankees. And I'll play it. <laughs> Shocker! All right, guys. Our well, goal for them is, is the, is win one playoff game. Yeah, we know, we know. Win one playoff game, and I'd be so happy. All right, guys. That's did you say go for hockey? Go for hockey. They're off this weekend. It's next weekend. So next. Weekend. Oh, it's next weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry, next, my fault. Next weekend they play Minnesota State. Like we uh, we're excited about Minnesota State Gophers um, next Saturday, and then if they win, they play the winner of Denver and Michigan. So we get one Minnesota team, no matter what, in the uh, championship game, which is exciting. State. So we'll lose. So the yeah. state of hockey will lose for yeah, sure. They probably will. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Go back, check out our screencast. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. 
Uh, until next week, thank you guys for hanging out with your best friends here at the Nordies Podcast. Thank you.